You're listening to episode 91 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. As I was planning this episode out, I looked at all the things we talk about on this podcast. That is a lot. From EL newcomer teaching and all that is related to that, how to teach grammar and vocabulary, where to find materials, different teaching strategies and tips, teacher collaboration, ELs in regular education classrooms, and so many more topics. And since this podcast is for all of you involved in teaching multilingual learners, I wanted to make sure your voices are heard. On a daily basis, I receive several emails that share your current biggest struggles as a teacher who works with EL students. I read every single email, and although I don't always have the time to respond to you personally, I take all things you tell me to heart and to mind. And after going through the questions, I began to see a pattern. Many of them fall under similar umbrellas. So let's do a little Q&A, shall we? I picked the most frequently repeated questions during the last few months, and I'm answering them in this episode. Today, we will talk about newcomers and newcomer curriculum, classroom management, and class setup. I know that if two or three people are asking the question, many others are likely wondering the same thing. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. So today I have compiled several questions that keep coming up and decided to share my answers to them in hopes that you will find them useful. And our first group of questions is all about the EL curriculum. So Ma uh, Rose asks or says, I wish I had a curriculum map of what to teach to my pre-K through K EL students who I only see two to three times a week for 25 minutes each. Monica says, what I'm struggling with the most is planning my first beginning ELD class for 9th through 12th graders because there's no set curriculum to anchor the content of my class. And Claritza says, if I could have a magical one to make my teaching situation better, it would be for me to have a real curriculum for my ESL class so I don't have to be getting stressed about what materials to use. This is such a common question, and even though it seems that there are so many resources and people are answering it any which way out there, it is never exactly what you need or how you need it. And I wanted to point you to some resources, and uh, if you try them out, I know a lot of teachers have tried them out and are very happy with them. I hope they help you. So there are two things that I have created and used myself with great success for this, and I want to share with you when answering these questions. So the first one is a newcomer curriculum guide, 
And the second one is a newcomer curriculum itself. At this time, I only have it for middle and high school, as those are the age groups I work with. Now, let's talk about a curriculum guide first. What can it do for you? How can it help you change your teaching? So a curriculum guide is a plan on how you will teach a particular course. And in this case, it would be a plan on how you will teach ESL newcomers or beginners. It is not a full rigid curriculum document, but rather a live document that follows the students and gives the flexibility to you, the teacher. It allows you to work with the main ideas and activities or projects that help the students move forward. And it also allows for planning out the units to come. So it's kind of like a a curriculum guide maps out your teaching and you can always go back to it and then tweak it. Maybe write down what activities you used, what worked, what didn't work and see if you can tweak it and reuse it in the years to come. Now, I know that even having a plan like this lifts such a heavy weight off a teacher's shoulders as it provides the much needed clarity in teaching newcomers. So for example, if you teach littles and see them two to three times a week, you could take a look at the guide and see, okay, this is their language level. This is what they can do at this level. And this is where I want to take them. Now, ask yourself, what vocabulary and skills can we practice based on this information? What activities can we do during our short time that would help them move forward? The curriculum guide that I created outlines the essential questions, objectives, and standards you want your students to meet. But more than that, it provides you with the ideas of topics to cover, related vocabulary, grammar structures and phonics, as well as activities that you can do to help your students learn. So it is a pretty detailed plan. It doesn't have all of the worksheets that come with it, but it is a great plan for you to know what you're doing. And especially if you're meeting with the students for 20, 25 minutes, it will give you at a glance, then you know what you want to work with them as opposed to trying to rack your brain and uh, create everything from scratch. Now, when you have an outline like that, you can easily see what your unit could look like. You can also divide it based on the time you have and the skills your students need to practice. So I created the curriculum guides specifically for elementary grades, grades K through five, and for middle and high school grades six through 12. And you can grab them inside my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I will make sure to link them underneath this episode. Now, when it comes to the EL curriculum, let me share with you another resource. It is called the ESL Teaching Roadmap, and it is a curriculum membership for EL teachers. So first of all, I want to see if you are familiar with these three questions, okay? Because I have asked them myself, and I hear other teachers ask them over and over again. The first one is, what to do when a new student joins your classroom? The second one is what to teach absolute beginners. And the third one is they know the basics. Now what? After 
looking at these questions, I came to a simple realization. The answers to them were really the roadmap to teaching both newcomers and those who are a little bit more advanced. So it is the same for all grades from kindergarten to grade 12, but might take a different form and shape at different age groups. The first, the answer to the first one is connect. The second is embark. And the third one is ascend. And this is where the ESL teaching roadmap comes in. It is a three-step framework that helps you make connections with your students. Step one, as I mentioned, connect. It includes a newcomer curriculum. Step two, embark. And also moves you to a more advanced student's uh, forward and that is a step three ascend where they can already manipulate the language a little bit better when they can practice their writing and uh, where they can practice the skills in class because they already have some language under their belt now depending on your teaching situation you might focus on one step more than on all the others or utilize them all every single day. So when someone is teaching a mixed proficiency class or has a lot of newcomers, this is a really great resource. And knowing what to teach based on your students' needs really takes the level of stress down. So I have compiled all of the materials that I've created over the years and systematized them into these three steps and the eight units of newcomer curriculum resources that EL teachers can use uh, in middle and high school with their English learners. But I think the best part of the ESL teaching roadmap is actually the personalized coaching session that is included for all members when you sign up. So let's say you have a question about a specific teaching situation and don't know how to approach it, you can book a call with me. Maybe you need ideas how to plan out your unit or teach specific lessons, how to uh, use those lessons Again, you can book a call. All you have to do is just schedule an appointment and I will help you navigate whatever teaching questions you may have. And again, this is included. It's as part of the ESL teaching roadmap. So you're not getting only materials, you're getting the support that you need. And I know that a lot of EL teachers need personalized support. As with the curriculum guides, I will link more information of where you can sign up underneath this episode. All right, the second question umbrella has to do with classroom management and classroom setup. So here are the couple uh, questions I received regarding this topic. Beth says, I am currently in a new position teaching my first year of ESL to middle school students. I have taught ELs at the primary level and in general education classroom, but this is new to me. Any help or suggestions on how to best support them at their various levels would be greatly appreciated. I am also curious how to best structure my class time, 50 minutes to meet the needs of my students. Now, Rambadzai is saying, I am struggling with activities to give my learners to keep them busy instead of chatting. It makes me feel like I'm not giving them enough work and activities to keep them occupied. I am in a new school, a new environment, and here all my lessons are scheduled for 90 minutes per session, whereas in my country I was used to 30-minute lessons. Well, it's a lot. <laughs> it's different times, right? It's uh, different length of classes. It's also different expectations um, to 
point out the chattiness, I guess it depends on what you want the students to do. Some teachers tolerate more conversation in class and others are needed to be completely quiet. So I think uh, I would say see what activity there is and maybe, you know, what your level of tolerance is and what is the overall goal for your class is in terms of do you need it to be completely quiet and the students engaged at all times or will there be moments where they can, you know, talk to each other? So, um, again, I have some, a few ideas of what you can do and a few resources. So first of all, as I mentioned, time varies vastly depending on age group, but I have learned that structuring your lesson in a way that is predictable for children of all ages is really the key. Now, when they know what to expect, at the beginning of the class, during the class, and towards the end, that's a win-win for both you and your students. The way I structure my classes, whether they are 60 or 90 minutes, is, is very similar. I always start with a daily slide on which we go over the plan for the day so that my students know what to expect. And the first action item of uh, the day or of the plan is typically the same. So uh, it can be a journal entry, it could be a vocabulary review activity or a combination of these two tasks. Um, so this year I doubled down on vocabulary building and uh, once my students are familiar with the vocabulary definitions and meanings, we can then spend the rest of the week for our opening activities practicing the vocabulary. So as I said, sometimes it's going to be a kahoot, like ma matching activity to help them recall. But frequently, I want them to use the vocabulary because that's the end goal, right? So they might look at the picture and write sentences. And through this practice, I also discover other things that we can do at the beginning of a class. For example, working on sentence structure or some grammar because some students uh, mix up the tenses. This doesn't take much. This takes about 5, 10, 15 minutes tops at the beginning of a class. But we all know we come in and this is the work that we do. So there are two uh, things that are really important for me. The first one is so that they know what's next. But I think the next most important thing, and I learned from last year, is that for students to put their phones away into the phone, we call them phone jail, but whatever pockets are hanging on the wall. And thankfully, this is a non-negotiable, not only for me, but for our entire school. And the fact that the students are not distracted, at least by phones, you know, sometimes it's hard to uh, work on those tabs that they have open on the Chromebooks if we are working on the computer. But when they're not distracted by the phone, it seems like we have reclaimed the time of the class. And it seems like we are able to focus much, much better. So knowing what's next and being able to focus uh, without the phones is a, a biggie for me. So the second half of my lesson is typically to help my students in their content area classes, which is great because we get to practice language and context. And in fact, their content area classes are where we choose our weekly vocabulary from. So it is very meaningful 
because the students are able to see it and use it not only in my class, but also in their other classes all day, every day. So I guess that's the goal of learning new vocabulary and learning the language in general. Now, if you don't have a curriculum uh, that you're following or in general, it feels overwhelming to even begin planning your lessons, I have a suggestion that actually worked for me um, really well this uh, year. And that is I started doing a novel study with my students. So we picked a novel that everybody is kind of interested in and we read together in class and the novel itself lends to meaningful language practice. You know, the students engage in conversation, vocabulary study, usage, writing. We learn so much background information because you have to, you know, certain things when you're reading, sometimes you don't know. So we go and do a little bit of research, whether it's about a country or a tradition or uh, a word or something else about the character. So the novel study is great also for mixed proficiency classes. Students tend to work together and help each other out. So I would highly recommend to try it out as a like as an entry point. And this might solve the chattiness. And this uh, might also be 50 minutes really well spent. So again, when the students are busy and know what's coming, that's when it's easier to keep the classroom under control. Now, I recently recorded podcast episodes specifically on how I structure my classes and what helps with classroom management. So I will include the links to those episodes right in the show notes. And that is all the questions for today. Of course, there's more, uh, but I'm going to keep going through them and uh, we'll probably do more Q&A episodes in the future because I find that sometimes, again, I can't reach out to you personally, but I hope that, you know, if one or two people ask you know, others will find it useful as well. As I mentioned, I'm linking a ton of information in the show notes from curriculum materials to other related podcast episodes. So be, please be sure to check them out. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email or a message on Instagram with any insights about the curriculum or how you structure and manage your classes, or simply ask me a question and it might just get answered in the next Q&A episode. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook, Simply Yeva, or connect with me on my website, simplyyeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.